0: What the fuck is the value gap?
1: Well, okay then.
0: (laughs)
2: Welcome to season one of the Cocktail Conversations. I'm Michelle Mitchell, and this is the podcast that takes on an issue no one wants to talk about with a glass in hand. And this season, it's the value gap between women and men in the United States. But we are all in a brave new Zoom world these days, and we're going to make it work, starting by drinking the same thing, a whiskey cocktail.
3: I'm making my own
2: version of a whiskey cocktail. We're using Josie Zeiger's recipe. She owns a wine distribution company, and she's currently in an RV moving from New York City
3: to Texas. New York, Pennsylvania, Jersey, uh, not in that order. Um, what the fuck is the value gap? <laughs> That's
2: Diane Louval. She's an advertising executive at a major firm in New York City. I, I lost an
0: Excel spreadsheet literally wow. when I was sending it. I'm getting over that trauma. Can we can we deliver something to you? I think my mom called for pizza. Hey, my name is
1: Alicia, and I'm in the woods. <laughs>
2: That's Alicia Rose. She runs a cannabis company in Napa Valley.
1: In the last week, I've been bitten by a tick and a brown recluse.
2: Here in Miami, we have flying cockroaches, and I hate them. That's entrepreneur Megan Moran, clarifying what I've been saying for years. Palmetto bugs are, in fact, flying cockroaches. What was the first concert you
4: went to?
3: Mm. Guns
0: N' Roses,
4: Grateful Dead, Usher 8701.
0: (laughs) Suicide Kings, Weezer, opening for No Doubt. You know, Soundgarden opened for Guns N' Roses, and so did Faith No More, so I'm just saying. You (laughs) left that out, Diane. Mine was Neil Diamond,
2: and my second concert was Flock of Seagulls,
1: so it gets worse.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Michelle, you need to explain what the fuck is the value gap. (laughs) The best news is that I don't even have to, because
2: Caroline Heldman is here, and she can explain it.
0: So yeah. Dr. Caroline
2: Heldman chairs the Department of Critical Theory and Social Justice at Occidental College. She specializes in gender, media, and race in the American context.
5: We know that men have greater value than women by looking at data and lived experience. Whether it's social, political, or economic, what women do is valued less, and our voices simply don't matter as much. But what I'm talking about is systemic sexism. So we bake it into our practices, our routines, our rituals, our institutions. It doesn't matter what professional sphere we're in or what degrees we have, our voices and our expertise is not accorded the same value as men's. And we know that, for example, when women move into male-dominated professions, wages for that profession and the prestige of that profession decline. So it's not simply the labor itself, it's the fact that women are performing it. Whoa!
2: Does any of this sound familiar to you yet? <laughs> That's you, listening audience. You may have even started drinking along with us at this point. Well, a 2016 Cornell University study, among others, confirmed that when women enter fields in greater numbers, pay declines for the very same job that men were doing before. It just doesn't look as important anymore, which Diane, at least, didn't need a study to know.
0: So I was texting with my friend the other day, something that this really smart woman who works with us said, the time to start worrying about an industry is when the men start leaving it.
3: My very first job out of college, a woman who was about 88 years old would invite me over once a week. She taught me things that she thought were going to help me move forward in my career. And one of the very first things that she told me to do was to stop going by Josie and change my name to Joe. I think about that moment and to whether my career would have been different if I had simply gone as Joe.
0: Mm. I've been relatively sheltered, but I also am not trying to run for office or you know do, do things like that. But in my career in advertising, I think there are some things that I've noticed. Definitely men tend to be the lead on businesses uh, and accounts, and it's fine, like their lieutenants are usually women and we usually have like SVP titles and you know sound important. I think sometimes it has
1: to do with the client. These are clients from big corporations and I think they are kind of used to having men Well, I can tell you that I've been trying to get funding for my cannabis company for the last three years, and 2% of all funding that has gone into the very significant funding amounts in the cannabis industry have gone to women, 2%. Even the transition of the medical into the legal commercial cannabis realm here in California, over 50% of the owners and founders of cannabis companies are female. So that's not an insignificant statistic. Megan, you're an
2: entrepreneur as well. So what was it like when you went to seek financing?
4: Um, I mean, we got no response. (laughs) So, I mean, it's tough, whether that's just being women of color, women in general, but then having the color on top of that, does it make it any easier?
2: Now, if you haven't poured that drink yet, get ready for the story she's about to tell.
4: Even access to capital now is difficult. Two foundations that we reached out to for a program that we've been wanting to create for two years now. We had a call with them last week and they weren't interested. Basically, it was no. And then a big developer reached out to partner with us. And he's a white Jewish male. We sent him the same pitch deck that we sent the two foundations last week. We literally pitched the same thing. Now this guy comes in with the same pitch deck, but it's just coming from him. And they say yes.
5: Caroline, does this surprise you? These experiences that Megan had talked about have a lot to do with the fact that we simply don't take women as seriously. We know this through lots of data, right? The corporate sphere. When you think about who a possessor of knowledge is, um, it's a male and he's white, right? So it's raised and it's gendered.
4: Literally, when I know I'm going into certain meetings, particularly in front of white males, I typically straighten my hair. I can't breathe the way I want to breathe because I know at any moment anything can be misconstrued. And I have to smile at all times because I've been told before, I'm like not smiling, something's wrong, I'm upset. We just have to pay attention to every little movement every time we show up somewhere because it could make or break us
0: you're kind of making sure that you're not too like feminine. And I remember growing up being a little bit of a tomboy. Part of the reason was because that's how I am, but also because I saw that boys had more fun, you know, could get away with more. I also kind of looked down on girly girls growing up, and even into my 20s, like a strong woman was, you know, a tomboy. And a lot of ads, even ads that are well-intentioned, like I'm a girl and I want to play baseball. Okay, being a strong woman means that you're playing baseball or football and I want to play with the boys. It took me a while to realize that because <laughs> you also have to go through a bit of an epiphany. Um, I'm like, no, actually being a girly girl, like some people are, they're super tough. You mean girls like
2: me, Diana, who you were well, yeah.
0: <laughs> dog's gonna drop.
2: So you might have noticed that the value gap isn't just about outright misogyny, although there's that too, but it's way more subtle. For example, let's talk about who gets the credit. Women wrote, researched, invented works that were attributed to their husbands, fathers, brothers, even, get this, even the American woman who came up with the rape kit didn't get the credit for it. That went to the male detective she brought her
1: idea to, and that was in the mid-1970s. But back to the subtlety you know, I don't necessarily identify as like a strong woman. I wouldn't have been able to create, you know, and maintain a company in this very difficult industry. And in this time for five years, if I weren't strong and yet never strong enough, never strong enough to get the funding, never strong enough to be heard, even at meetings that I've called, it still becomes somehow theirs. And it is beyond frustrating because the moment you call them on that, the men, they have an immediate need to now undermine you even further. And so it's sort of like, what do you do, right? So (laughs) you speak up for yourself, you know, you're a bitch. And yet, um, if we don't speak up, we're never heard. So, you know, (laughs) therein lies the rub. Josie, you
2: were
3: nodding as she was talking. I come from a male-dominated business as well. And the idea of trying to make your voice heard and, you know, being called too aggressive or a bitch or whatever, being in the booze and and the wine world, it is a boys' club within my company, we're all paid exactly the same percentage, which is great. So that is less of the issue, but it's out in the field where we're trying to get mind space, attention from the gatekeepers, the buyers. They look at you often and wonder, well, tell me about how you got started in this business as what I get all the time. And not as like a, they're interested in my life, I have had to work very hard not to become a little defensive and not speak in a way that turns off the buyer. Because even though I'm in the boys club, I still need those boys to want to buy from me, right? I still need those gatekeepers.
2: What I'm hearing is that everyone seems to kind of police themselves a
1: little bit.
5: Caroline, is this what we do automatically? Well, women are savvy, right? We figure out there's some rules and then we negotiate it, right? So it's not just that your expertise is challenged, it's that your very right to be there has to be proven first. So whether it's Josie going in and talking about alcohol, you have to lay out your long resume as to why you deserve to be there. Same when you're going in front of venture capitalists, right? The same as when I go into a classroom, I actually have to tell them all of the books I've published and things I've done just to get up to the ground level I have to talk about my bona fides and that is just not something that men do. And even when we do that, we're still not accepted even if we've been doing something for decades. It's so true. Oh, I would also add,
3: Caroline, I walk in at almost six feet tall. And I, I think as well, we have to speak about how a small petite woman can walk into a room and feel physically intimidated, not because you know the people, the men in the room are acting aggressive, but it is physically intimidating for a small woman to walk into a space and to assert
5: that she belongs there. Well, Josie, you're adding this interesting layer, right? That you are a statuesque woman. And so you dip a bit into masculinity. You're valued more because you're a very tall, slender, athletic woman. So you're tapping into some of that privilege. I stopped wearing makeup about two years ago, um, and I stopped not
3: because of anything except that being out in the streets of New York, right, humid as hell, and it's disgusting, and you're carrying six bottles of wine, and you're going up and down the subway several times a day, and by the end of the day, you just look like, you know, the Crypt Keeper. I don't know if that has a direct correlation, but within a couple of months of stopping wearing makeup, my sales went through the roof. Wow.
2: Caroline, you always say the value gap, is so baked in that we don't realize it. Is there a correlation between stopping wearing makeup and all of a sudden people take
5: you more seriously? There is indeed. A study came out four months ago, and it's not the first one, but the most recent one, finding that women in positions of leadership are taken less seriously the more makeup they wear. What's so incredible about this, though, is that in general, if you think about how women are valued, this is how we're valued. We raise our little girls to view their bodies as these projects to constantly be worked on, right? Because we value men for their money and their professional positions, and we value women for their bodies. You can take the most powerful women in the world and immediately reduce them to a sex object, which is, is this incredible kind of erosion of our power, which speaks to how we're not fully welcome
1: there. Well, and God forbid we age. So
5: yeah.
2: <laughs> it's called the femme fatale effect, A 2019 study found that attractive women are judged to be less truthful and less trustworthy. And if you're wondering at this point how women can ever get it right, so was I
0: you guys think that men have the luxury of being nice bosses? Because I've had really good male bosses <laughs> and I have a female boss now. She's very supportive, but I've had a couple of tough ones. And if I had to, you know, choose probably the majority of my bosses that have been men, I preferred them to female bosses. And I don't know if it's because they know their position
1: in society and they have the luxury of just being generous and nice, <laughs> you know, Someone said, as I was graduating, don't go get a female boss. I mean, I think you're exactly right that the men have the luxury of just getting to be nice guys, right? Because they don't have to constantly vie for their position of power.
3: I hate working for women. I do. Every female boss that I have had, I have really not enjoyed working for her. God, that's so sad. I know. And I, I say that and it sounds terrible, but I have found that in female dominated offices, it is catty. It is nasty. It is backstabbing. I've always enjoyed working with men significantly more.
4: My memories of my bosses, I wasn't so fond of were women, but honestly now, and I talk about this often to my business partner, I realized why those women were the way they were because I think for so long, you really have to build this wall mm. and not let things affect you. And like, I see myself even doing it. I realized that a lot of women, we just, we train ourselves to be this way and it's not truly who we are, but it's just who we have to show up as when we're doing business.
3: But could it be partly because as Diane was saying, men have the luxury of being nice. And as women, there's just this element of just trying to scrape through and get as much as you can. And it just, it
5: feeds through into the culture. I would take it back even more to a foundational level that because women's primary value is based on our bodies, first and foremost, and then everything else is is secondary, we compete with other women for our own self-worth. We do it all the time. We do it from the time we're very little. And so female competition is baked into
0: how we relate to other women. Sucking
1: value gap. It
0: sucks you <laughs> um, in. It really sucks you in. <laughs> Sorry, my mom keeps coming into my room. Do You want me to heat the pizza? <laughs> <laughs> So,
2: what the fuck is the value gap? Well, for one thing, it's not about the glass ceiling. It's about the foundation. Because if that's not solid, how are you gonna build anything that lasts? If you're wondering what the other half thinks about this, well, so are we. Which is why up next is the good guys. There's a value gap. If you want to make Josie's Whiskey Cocktail, check out our Instagram at The Cocktail Conversations or our website, TheCocktailConversations.com. Share your own versions with us this week during our IG chats. For more information on our guests and who made this episode, head over to TheCocktailConversations.com want more join the club the old pal club that's where your tax deductible membership gets you private access to special interviews extras events and more you can become an old pal through our instagram and our website Hi, it's Michelle, and I'm psyched that this first episode of our series and of the season is brought to you by Jessica Johnson Beauty, which is all about healthy skin for busy people. I personally swear by the 3-in-1 Facial Oil. It's a makeup remover, cleaner, and moisturizer all in one. Jessica Johnson Beauty, fewer products, better beauty. See more at jessicajohnsonbeauty.shop.